one scorching summer afternoon in Alabama, Susan was outside mowing her yard, weed-eating her fence line, and hedging all the bushes. Her neighbor was outside, saw her doing all this, and asked her, why wasn't her, her husband helping her? And she said, well, one of us had to stay inside and take care of all four kids, and so we drew straws to see who would go outside and mow the grass. And the neighbor said, well, I'm so sorry about your bad luck. And she said, hey, don't worry about it. I won. Amen. You know, most people don't complain because they got problems. They got problems because they complain. Most people don't complain because they got problems. They got problems because they complain. Complaining does not change a single thing. Complaining doesn't make your situation any better. All complaining does is amplify your frustration, spread discontent, and invite the devil to come in and steal your joy. That's all complaining does. Complaining will make you miserable. Complaining will make you miserable. On the other hand, a positive, thankful person is a great witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we only really shine when we're thankful. So instead of looking at all those negatives in your life, and complaining, why don't we choose to train ourselves to look at the positives and give thanks to the Lord? Today, Psalm 95 reminds us of three ways that trans thanks living is a choice. That thanks living is a choice. Psalm 95 begins this way. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth, the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And in his hands he formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, God says, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness when your fathers tested me and they tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved, 
Literally, that means disgusted. For 40 years, I was grieved with that generation. And I said, it is a people who go astray in their hearts as they do not know my ways. And so I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. The first way that thanksgiving is a choice is that thanksgiving chooses to focus upward. Be joyful, be thankful, be joyfully shouting for the rock of our salvation. You know, friend, it is high time that you and I develop a habit of not just giving thanks to God from time to time. It's high time that we develop a habit of thanking God all the time, of living in thanks to God all the time. Why? Because God is good all the time. And all the time, praise the Lord for that. But for what are we to give God thanks? For what should we thank God for? Well, for starters, an upward focus on God gives thanks for the power of God. In His power, God created the world you live in. In His power, He creates each new day. In His power, He creates the air you breathe. He creates all the things that you see. He creates everything that you feel. In His power, He creates the food that you taste. And as good as food is, amen? As good as food is, the greatest of all is that the power of God has saved us from our own sin. Wow, let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. You see, we are created for God's glory. We're created for God's glory. So let us fulfill our God-given purpose and give Him the glory, give Him the thanks that He so richly, richly deserves. An upward focus gives thanks for the power of God. But an upward focus also gives thanks for the plans of God. In verse 4, the psalmist writes, In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are His also. The sea is His, for He made it. In His hands He formed the dry land. His, His, His. Everything is His. And He has great plans for everything that is His. You know, I read several translations of that familiar verse from Jeremiah 29.11. The first one I chose went like this, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. The second one, a second translation went like this, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, they are good thoughts, not of evil, but to give you a future. And hope. But then the one that I liked the most went like this. For I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for your welfare, not for your hardship, to give you a future and to give you a hope. I am so thankful that God has a plan for me. 
I am so thankful that God has a plan for you. I am so thankful that God has a plan for this church family. I'm so thankful to know that as long as I seek his face, as long as I stay in his will, his righteous plans will be fulfilled in my life. But the minute I veer off course, Katie, bar the doors. I'm going to make a mess of things. I'm so thankful that an upward look brings thanks not only for the power of God, but also for the plans of God. But the upward focus also gives thanks for the presence of God. The presence of God. Look in verse 2 again. Let us come before His presence. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. And then in verse 6 he says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He's our God. And we are the people, the people of His pasture. We are the sheep of His hand. You know, we can come to God. We can kneel before God. And we can know that God is our refuge. We can know that God is our strength. We can know that God is our very present help in times of trouble. And we can come into his presence anytime we choose. What an amazing God we have. We ought to give thanks for that. Because that upward focus gives thanks for the power of God. And it gives thanks for the plans of God. And it gives thanks for the power of God. But not only does thanks living focus upward. Thanks living also focuses outward. Outward. An outward focus makes me thankful For God's supply. Verse 7. The Bible says. For he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture. The sheep of his hand. An outward focus makes me thankful for. The supply of God in my life. You know. Normally I am. I am so content. I mean most of the time. I am very very content. Until. I start walking through Sam's. And I find all kinds of bargains that I got to buy. I find all kinds of stuff that I got to have. But I'm content before I go there. You know, I really liked my car until I saw a picture of the outside and the inside of a 2021 Chevy Corvette. That is a bad machine, y'all. I was satisfied with my clothes until last week I strolled through the men's department at Dillard's and I found out, man, you really dressing out of fashion. I loved my home until I saw a listing on Facebook for this gorgeous mansion on the Tennessee River. I'm satisfied in every area of my life until I compare it with somebody else's. I feel like I got enough of everything until I see somebody who's got more. Lord, help me to realize that the secret of a happy life is not to get what I want, but to live joyfully and gratefully with what you have given me. So many of us spend our lives 
concentrating on what we don't have instead of thanking God for what we do have. And then one day we wake up and our lives are virtually over and we miss the beauty of God's daily provision in our life. We miss God's daily bread in our life. Lord, help us to remember what you said in verse 7. Help us to remember that we are the sheep of your hand and you will provide for your own. You know, you never really know what you've got till it's gone. Our power is shut off and suddenly we're all thankful for electricity. The garbage begins to stack up and suddenly we become thankful for that Tuesday morning garbage pickup. A good friend dies and suddenly we discover how much that person meant to us. Our water becomes polluted and suddenly we really start appreciating fresh water. But sadly and often, our attitude toward God seems to be, what have you done for me lately? I pray you've never spoken those words, but sometimes our attitude says it for us. God, what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? But friend, we got money in the bank, or at least we could if we really wanted some. We got spare change in a dish. We got food in the fridge. Every one of us here today has a roof over our head. And I got to tell you that if you have those things, my friend, you are richer than 75% of the whole world. If you have those simple necessities, you are richer than 75% of the world's population. And it all came at the hand of God's supply. An outward focus at God's supply should make you thankful. But an outward focus also makes me thankful for salvation. When I read verses 8 through 11 in Psalm 95... I almost see a perfect picture of the lost. Of lost people who are headed to hell. God's voice is written here. And it says, Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me and tried me, even though they saw my work. For 40 years, I was disgusted with them, with that generation. And I said, this is a people who go astray in their hearts. And they don't even know my ways. And so I swore my wrath that they would not enter my rest. Shout joyfully, friend, for the rock of your salvation. Why? Because God demonstrated his own love toward you in that while we were all still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. What a promise. What a, re a reason to be thankful. 
if you can't muster up any other reason to be thankful, to know that Jesus died for you, even though you were still a sinner, even though my heart was hardened toward God, even though I've rebelled against Him time and time again, even though I've tested Him and tried Him and tried His patience with me, even though I've grieved Him and went astray again, even though I act like I don't know His ways, His Son, Jesus Christ, still died for me on Calvary's cross. An outward focus gives us a reason to shout joyfully for the rock of our salvation. God's supply makes me thankful, but my salvation makes me thankful. But thanks living is not just a focus upward. It's not just a focus outward. Thanks living is also a focus inward. An inward focus at my heart makes me thankful. Thanks living Thanks living is acknowledging in your heart that having another in your life benefits you. Thanks living is that heartfelt sense that your life is better because of someone else. Thanks living is that heartfelt sense that your spouse, your husband or your wife, having them in your life benefits you. Thanks living is acknowledging and having that heartfelt sense that life is better because of your children. Life is better because of your parents. Thanks living is that heartfelt sense that life is better because of your brothers and sisters in Christ that you worship with every Sunday morning. Christians acknowledge that our life is better because Jesus Christ lives in us. We acknowledge that our life is better because Jesus dwells in our hearts. And that mentality makes us change. That mentality gives us a thankful attitude. For instance, thanks living. Thanks living means that we can be thankful for the taxes we pay. Oh Lord, he's done got on the deep end now. Amen. But I ain't joking. If you're paying sales tax, you can be thankful because you're able to buy stuff. If you're paying property tax, you ought to be thankful because that means you got something to be taxed. If you're paying income tax, you ought to be thankful because that means you got a job. Thanks living is being thankful for the clothes that fit a little snug. And i got to be honest with you, I know I've gained about 10 pounds lately. And my jackets are getting a little snug. But I'm thankful because I know that I'm, that means I've got plenty to eat. Amen. Thanks living is being thankful for that lawn that needs mowing, for those windows that need cleaning, for that floor that needs mopping. Why? Because it means you got a home. Thanks living is being thankful for that parking spot way down at the end of the Walmart parking lot. Why? Because that means you're capable of walking. Thanks living is being thankful for that lady behind you that sings horribly. 
Because that means you can hear. Thanksgiving is being thankful for the piles of laundry and ironing. Why? Because that means you got loved ones close by. Thanksgiving is being thankful for that alarm clock going off every morning. Why? Can I be thankful for that? Because that means I'm alive. I'm alive another day. Thanksgiving. Friend, if you can be thankful for all that stuff, you're living a life of thanksgiving. You see, it's thanksgiving that is the art of giving thanks on a daily basis. Giving thanks on a daily basis. Thanksgiving is thanking God for life and then living it victoriously. Thanksgiving is thanking God for your talents and for your abilities and then realizing... Then realizing, friend, that those are an obligation. Your talents and your abilities are an obligation to serve God and to serve other people. That's thanksgiving. An inward focus at my heart is thanksgiving because I recognize the privilege of serving God and serving other people. Are you living a life of thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. An inward focus also at my health makes me thankful. Janet and I were talking that we were ready for a little season of wellness in our home. That we were tired of the migraine headaches. That we were tired of the upper respiratory Tennessee Valley crud. We are tired for all the back aches. We're tired of all of it. We're ready for a, serious, a season of wellness. But if we're honest, although our health isn't always good, although it's not always good, it's good more often than it's bad. And for that, I'm so thankful. So thankful. It was Thanksgiving season at the nursing home, and a small number of residents had gathered together at a table to have a very humble Thanksgiving meal. And the director asked each one around the table to say what they were thankful for. And one said, well, I'm thankful for a, a home to live in. I'm, I'm thankful for my friends and my family. I'm thankful for life in general. And then one little old lady said, I'm thankful to God for two teeth. One on the top, one on the bottom, so I can chew my food. Now, can we please eat? <laughs> Boy, we take so much for granted, don't we? We take so much for granted. But friend, if you have nothing but your health, you should be thankful. Because there are many, there are many who would love to be in your shoes. I once read a sign in a pastor's office and it said, Thou shalt not whine. Thou shalt not whine. And it reminded me of a poem that I once read. I believe it was by Og Mandino. Anybody else know Og Mandino? I didn't think so. Anyway, the poem is entitled, Forgive Me When I Whine. And it goes like this. Today upon a bus I saw a girl with golden hair. 
I envied her so beautiful, how I wished I were so fair. When suddenly she rose to leave, she hobbled down the aisle. She had one foot and used a crutch, but as she passed, she gave me a smile. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two feet. The world is mine. Then I went to buy some sweets. The boy who served me had such charm. He seemed to radiate good cheer. His manner was kind and warm. I said, it's nice to deal with you. Such courtesy I seldom find. He turned and said, why, thank you, sir. Then I realized he was blind. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I got two eyes. The world is mine. And then walking down the street, I saw a child with eyes of blue. He stood and watched the others play. It seemed he knew not what to do. And so I stopped a moment and then I said, Why don't you join the others, dear? He looked ahead without a word. And I realized he couldn't hear. Oh God, forgive me when I whine. I have two ears. The world is mine. With feet to take me where I'd go. With eyes to see the sunsets glow. With ears to hear what I should know. I'm blessed indeed. The world is mine. Oh God, forgive me when I whine. Thanks living. It chooses an upward focus because we're thankful for the power, the plans, and the presence of God. Thanks living chooses an outward focus because we're thankful for God's supply and also for His salvation. Thanks living chooses an inward focus because I can't speak for you. But I'm thankful that my heart recognizes the privilege of serving God and serving other people. And I'm thankful that I got health in my body that I can wholly devote to God. You know, when he ministered and taught on earth, Jesus chose a life of thanksgiving. Jesus chose a life of thanksgiving to the very end. Just listen to how Luke put it. When his hour had come, he, Jesus, sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said to them, with fervent desire, I've desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus took the cup and listen to what he did. He gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread. And you're not going to believe what he did. He gave thanks. He gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. 
But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on this table. And truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And then they began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do such a thing. As I read that passage, I wondered, for what was Jesus so thankful? Twice he gave thanks. What was it that Jesus was giving thanks for? Was Jesus giving thanks for his imminent suffering? Was Jesus giving thanks for what would be his last meal on earth because he was getting ready to die? Was Jesus giving thanks for his body that was getting ready to be broken before it even got on the cross? Was Jesus being thankful for his blood that would be shed on the cross at Calvary on top of that Golgotha mountain? Was Jesus giving thanks for the betrayal of those friends of his who were closest to him? Or could it be that Jesus was giving thanks, that he was giving thanks for the joy of enduring all of that for you? We fast forward to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 where the Apostle Paul gives the institution of this Lord's Supper to believers. And in verse 23, he wrote, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Friends, in front of you should be a cup like this. And it's got two cellophane wrappers. One is on top. And if you'll peel that back, you can see that there's a little wafer of unleavened bread. If you would, take that and and just hold it up so that I know that you're able to get it. Amen? Amen? Sometimes it can be a little ornery. Amen? Good job. Everybody got it? This represents the body of Jesus Christ. Can we pray together? Our Lord Jesus, we praise you and we thank you that you saw our greatest need. And that was for somebody to pay our punishment, to pay our penalty so that our sin debt would be paid so that we could go to heaven to be with your Father for all eternity. Lord, thank you that you so unselfishly sacrificed your body for our good. We thank you for it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Let's partake together. Continuing on in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul writes, In the same manner he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. 
if you would, peel back carefully that next layer. And hold it up when I see I can see that you got it. Amen. Everybody good? Okay, let's pray. Our Lord Jesus, we praise you and thank you for again seeing our greatest need. And that is for the forgiveness of sin. Father, we know what your word says and that that is that there can be no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. And your son Jesus shed his blood for us. Lord Jesus, we do this in remembrance of you. And all God's people said, Amen. Friend, what are you thankful for this year? I pray like my list, your list, could go on all day. What are you thankful for? My prayer for all of us is that we will all choose a life of thanks living. Not just a seasonal opportunity to give thanks, but a lifetime of giving thanks. Friend, I pray that you are able to make the sacrifice of Jesus that we just um, symbolically partook of I pray that you are able to make the sacrifice of Jesus personal. Because each time that Jesus did it, he said, I'm doing this for you. And as personal as it was to the early church, as personal as it was to the disciples of Jesus, it should be personal to you as well. See, my friend, he did all this for you. Are you thankful for Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Often we find those are two different things, don't we? Often we're thankful for what he did, and we believe in what he did. But we neglect the surrender that Jesus commands amongst those who believe in him. If that's the case for you today, I pray that you would come and surrender your life to be used by the hand of God. That you would surrender your life to Jesus. That's what he wants. And friend, that's what you should want too. So let me pray for you. Mm -hmm.